Good morning, and again, happy Mother's Day to our mothers, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with that here in just a few minutes, um, but we are in our series. Well, first off, my name is Ray, uh, and I'm our pastor here, and I'm excited that you're with us today, and uh, we have been going through this series called Mine, all right? And what the idea behind this series is we're looking at generosity in our lives, but this idea of whole life generosity, okay? So not just in giving of finances, but also of giving of our time and the things that God has given us. And so when we talk about this idea of generosity, we had an awesome opportunity this past week as a church to be generous to this school right here that we're sitting in. So on Tuesday, it was Teacher Appreciation Day, and we brought about 40-something drinks here to the teachers to bless them. Abby being a teacher, like she knows what a blessing, maybe you're a teacher, like you know the blessing to get just a good old sonic drink in the middle of the day to help you survive the afternoon, right? And so we just blessed them with those drinks and they were great. They were so thankful for that. And so because you give, we had an opportunity to do that and to, to pour into that and to give it to those teachers. But also on Friday night, we hosted a parents' night out right here as well. And so what we did and the idea behind that was to allow the parents just to have some free time without their kiddos. We'd take care of your kiddos. You go have some free time without them. And it was interesting. I talked to one of the couples and the ladies, I said, did you guys have a good time? What'd you do? And they said, we got to go to Home Depot and just walk around. And they were like so excited about that. And I was like, great. That's why we did what we did tonight. But we did it because of our generosity, right? Not just to be good folks, but because we want to be generous to the people that are here in this community. We want to pour into them. And as I told you last week, our, our vision and our value as this church, as New City Church, is that we are extremely generous, right? We're extremely generous. Not just generous, not just kind of generous, but we are extremely generous. Now, I looked up the definition of the word extremely. I just, I'm kind of a nerd like that, like to do that. And so here's what extremely means. To a very great degree. Let me say that again without tripping over my words, all right? To a very great degree. So if we're extremely generous, then we are to a great degree, right? We're not just average in our generosity, but we are going to be extremely generous in how we do things, in what we give and how we pour out our life to others in an extreme way, okay? So here's how we're going to start this morning. I'd love for you to close your eyes for a minute, okay? And just think about the most generous person you know. Now, it can't be yourself, okay? So, the most generous person that you know. Once you've kind of figured out what that person is or who that person is, okay, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how much that person has sacrificed that could have been theirs that was then given to either you or to someone else, right? So how much they have sacrificed that could have been theirs or they had given to someone else. And then I want you to think through why does that person stick out as a very generous person? More than likely, it's because of the things that they gave, right? The things that they gave, not the things that they held on to. Now you can open your eyes if you haven't already. But that extremely generous person sticks out to you because perhaps they sacrificed a lot to give what they gave. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking at this morning, is this idea of sacrificing a little bit of ourself so that we then can give to others. 
And here's the deal. It usually requires some kind of sacrifice to be generous, right? We have to give up something to be generous. So when I think of the most generous person in my life, my mother comes to mind, which great thing to think about on Mother's Day, but another person that really comes to my mind is my grandmother. My grandmother and my grandfather are some of the most generous people that I know, not just because they're my grandparents, but because they're super generous people, not just to us as family, but to everybody. But here's the thing. My grandmother would make every birthday a special day. It was all about you. Now, here's the thing. I was the only grandson, okay? So it was very special. And so she would take me, even when I was 21, okay, catch this, even when I was 21, she would take me to Toys R Us. At 21, she took me to Toys R Us. I'm like, I don't know that there's really anything I need here anymore, right? But she would take me to Toys R Us. She would load me up in her car. She would give up her whole evening. And this is before you could shop online, right? And so she would give up her whole evening, take me to Toys R Us. We would walk the aisles, and she would make a list. And then her and my grandfather would do their best to get everything on that list. They would give of their money, right, to give generously to us. And so they would make this list, they would wrap the gifts, they would do all this, but it didn't just stop at the gifts. Here's where it went even more. They would cook this fabulous, fabulous meal, and it was crab and shrimp every birthday. Every birthday, and it was the fake crab, but it was crab and shrimp, right? But she would cook this amazing meal, and she would spend hours slaving because she loved to be generous. And here's the thing, it wasn't just with family that she was generous. They would do a New Year's Eve party every year, and they would have over 100 people in their house just spending time together on New Year's Eve. And it became a thing in their church that people knew, New Year's Eve, we're going to Jim and Ann's people's house. That's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. But their generosity just exploded. If somebody needed something, they were the first ones to be there. But that's just what sticks out to me. But what also sticks out is, again, the sacrifice that they gave in being so generous. They would cook for two solid days for that New Year's Eve party. Two solid days of just cooking. They would buy all the food. They didn't make anybody, anybody pay for it. Like, they just cooked and cooked and worked and served and served. The folks that served on Friday night, right, they had to give up their Friday night to serve, to be generous. But when we're generous, typically we have to sacrifice something. And as we talked about last week, we don't naturally step into that, right? We don't naturally step into that. In other words, if I were to go in here to our kids area and started pulling toys out of kids' hands and just said, these are going to be mine, they would naturally go, oh yeah, just take it because I'm a generous person, right? That's how they handle it. No, it's not at all how they handle it. We have, to be, we have to change. We have to evolve in our idea of generosity, in our idea of giving. And here's the thing. Luckily, that doesn't happen when we're adults, right? Or does it? Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe we as adults hold on to things tightly. In fact, maybe as adults, we hold on to things even tighter than kids do, right? We hold on to them and we say, these are mine. These things are mine. And what we find is when Jesus asks us to maybe be generous, Jesus asks us to be good, we, or to give, we may be in this place of holding on to our things and saying, I'm not doing it. Right? And our grip as an adult may be far tighter than the grip that we had as a child. 
And so again, as we talked about last week, as, as your pastor and as your leader, my hope and my goal is to, is to help you open up that hand a little bit. To open up that grip on the things that God has given you so that you can be extremely generous with the people around you. Right? You can be extremely generous. Now, here's our main idea for today, okay? As I said, through this series, we're going to be sharing with you the main idea so that you can catch it, so that you can see it. And it's in your worship guide as well, but here it is. When you begin to share your life and invest your resources and serve your church, right? Those three areas that we looked at last week. So this little illustration here, we have these places in our life that come together to create this idea of generosity in our life, okay? And those areas are the way that we invest our resources, the way that we share our life with others, interact with others, and the way that we serve our church. And those three things come together to create whole life generosity within our lives. So, when we begin to share those things, we may feel some discomfort, right? We may feel some discomfort, but here's the thing. What we do with it next is what's most important. So, for instance, if you go and you work out for the first time in a long time, right, you get really, really sore, typically. But what you do next with that is more important than what you did, Right? Because if you, don't, if you don't stretch, if you don't do anything with those muscles, what are they going to do? They're just going to get more and more sore. Right? And so the next step is actually more important than the first step in what you're, where you're going and what you're doing. So, here's the thing. Today, we want to take a step towards whole life generosity. Now, here's the thing. Last week, I had you kind of figure out, okay, where am I in each of those areas? Right? Where am I? And then last week we talked about also this idea that whole life generosity is that our whole life is full in all of these areas. In other words, we're sharing our life, we're investing our resources, and we're serving our church in a great, great way. Okay? And so all those things come together. But if we're down here, I don't expect you to next week say, well, I'm just going to jump to whole life generosity. Right? What I'm asking you to do today is just simply take a step. Just take a step, because that step is going to be a far greater improvement than not, right? And so what we do next is really what's going to make the difference. So we're going to look at a story in the book of Mark, okay? And so if you have your Bibles, you're going to be turning to Mark chapter 10. And if it's also going to be in your uh, worship guide there, Okay? Now, we as a church have a mission that we will inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus, right? And if we're living like Jesus, then we want to look like Jesus. And as we see Jesus, we see Jesus is a very generous person. He's a giving person. And so we want that to be what people see when they look at us, and but also when they look at us as a church. We want them to see us as generous, generous people. Now, there's a guy here in, in Mark chapter 10, that he also so desired to be like Jesus. He wanted what Jesus had. He wanted what Jesus could give. And he was called the rich young ruler. And as we look at this story, you're going to find that he has one thing that he is holding on to tightly that he just can't let go of. Right? He just can't let go of. So let's look at it together here in verse 17. 
As he was setting out on a journey, he being Jesus, okay, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, it's not a bad thing that this man wants eternal life, right? That's what Jesus offers. Jesus offers eternal life through belief in him. So not a bad thing as he's coming to Jesus and asking these things. But look what it says. Jesus responds, Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, No one is good but one, God. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. You better honor your mother today, right? And here's the next. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Then looking at him, Jesus loved him. Now catch that. Jesus loved him, right? Jesus wasn't just saying this on a whim. Jesus cared for him and loved him. And then he says, You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But he was stunned at this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions, right? He had many possessions. He had many things. Now, what is his response to what Jesus asked him? He's sad, right? He is sad. He is stunned. He is bothered. He's feeling discomfort, just like we talked about a minute ago. When we are asked to give generously, when we are asked to be generous, we tend to feel discomfort. This fella was feeling some discomfort, right? He was sad because of what Jesus had just told him. And then he just simply walks away. He walks away, and we don't get to hear any more of this guy's story. Now, there's speculations that he, he's further down in the book of Mark or further down in the book of Matthew, but we, this is the end of his story and what we get together from him, right? And what we get to find out about him. Because he chose his possessions over giving them up. Now again, I told us last week, we don't have to all go out and sell our houses, right? We don't have to go out and sell everything that we have. But are we or do we have a generous open hand with the things that God has blessed us with? Right? Are we generous with what we have? Now here's the thing. Abby and I, about at this point four years ago, okay, we had bought a house or we had been in that house for about three and a half years. It was, the, one of the, it was in one of the best school districts in the city. We literally could open our back gate, walk across the street, and the boys would have been able to go to school there. But we felt like the Lord was asking us to sell that house. And so we did the partial obedience thing, and we took our for sale by owner sign out there and stuck it in the front yard. We said, okay, Lord, if it sells, it sells, right? And that's just kind of how we handled it. For six months, we had two couples come look at it, and that was it. No movement whatsoever. We still felt the Lord pressing into us saying, no, you need to let this go. You need to let this go. And here's why we needed to let it go. Because my student loans had come in. We were at a place now that our generosity was being minimized. And we were not able to give in the way that we wanted to give. And our biggest payment was our house. And so we looked to cut that down and to change that so that we could then be more giving. And he's asking us to do this, and we're like, okay, we'll kind of do it, right? We stuck, we decided we're going to sell this house. That's what God wants us to do. Two weeks later, we had somebody come in and make an offer. Sold. And from there, God then blessed us with another house that was cheaper, but bigger, 
And then that's what led us then on to our story of how we got here. And the Lord allowed us to sell that house so that we could then pay for our move here. Like, God works in awesome, awesome ways. But I don't think, here's the deal. That was our first step of obedience, selling our house. If we wouldn't have sold our house, I don't think that we would be standing here today. Honestly, don't. I think that was the smaller step of obedience to what God was asking us to do, to let it go. And that was to see if we would be willing to let go our city that we lived in all of our lives, the city that we got married in. Are we willing to let all of that go to go and do what God's asking us to do? To be obedient to what he's asking us to do. And I honestly believe that if we would not have sold that house when he was asking us to, again, we wouldn't be standing here. Right? Because we wanted to hold on to it. I mean, this house was gorgeous. Not only, I'm just going to go on about it for a minute so that you understand, right? Like hardwood floors, brand new kitchen, all new appliances, like beautiful yard, again, best school district, like all of that. And we're holding on to it going, "Uh, we don't want to give it up. He said, no, no. You need to give it up. You need to give it up. And again, it sounds like we've got to all go home this week and put our houses on the market. That's not what I'm saying, right? But what I am saying is that each of us have something that we're holding on to tightly. Tightly, whether it be our finances, whether it be our time, or whether it be our homes in in themselves. And we're holding on to it so tightly that we won't not only open up our hand to let others be a part of it, we just won't let it go in any way. We want to hoard it. We want to keep it. And we want to say, mine. This is mine. And we see here, this fella, he's saying, no, 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 my possessions, the things that I have, they're mine. But here's the problem with this guy right here. Those things in his life were his king. They were his Lord. They were ruling his life. And that's what Jesus saw. Because look, if you look at these commandments that Jesus lists, all of them are things that people can see you do. Right? Somebody can see you murder somebody. Somebody can see you commit adultery. Someone can see you steal. Someone can see you bear false witness. Someone can see you defraud. Someone can see you dishonor your father and mother. But here is now this fellow with this heart issue. And Jesus gets into the heart issue and he says, You won't let that thing go to come follow me. You won't let it go. And we find out, what does he do? He walks away. (laughs) Right? He walks away and he doesn't let it go. He doesn't let it go. He doesn't open up his hand for the Lord to move and for the Lord to work. Those things were his king. But here's the deal. In the kingdom of God, there is no mine. Right? There is no mine in the kingdom of God. It's his. It's his, and it's for us to use and to give generously through that. Now, in your worship guide, there's a couple little blanks there. And I want to just give you a couple different truths that I'd like for us to look at. And the first one is this. You look most like Jesus when you are most generous. Okay? You look most like Jesus when you are most generous. So I'd love for you, maybe if you don't agree with this, to argue with me a little bit after the service, not right now, right? But here's the deal. When we are sharing our life, and when we are investing our resources, and we are serving our church, we look like Jesus. 
But if we were to step it up, in other words, if I'm saying I have never done any of these things, if we were to step it up, could you agree that we look a lot more like Jesus? For sharing our life, for investing our resources and serving our church, we are moving towards this idea of whole life generosity. In other words, all of our life, every part of our life is generous. Then we look like Jesus. Because he was a generous person, Right? Here's the next truth. How much do you want to look like Jesus? Right? How much do you want to look like Jesus? And that may be a little, a little, bit, of, a little bit of poke the bear there a little bit, right? Like how much do you really, truly, when you get down to it, how much do you want to look like Jesus? Do you just kind of want to look like Jesus? Do you maybe sort of just want to look like Jesus? Or do you really, really want to look like Jesus? When people see your life, do you want them to see Jesus, or do you want them to see all the things that you possess, all the things that you have, right? What do you want them to see? I want to be really like Jesus, and I so desire also to be a part of church that really wants to look like Jesus, right? And I hope that you do too. Like, I hope that you want to be a part of a church that looks like Jesus. I hope that you come here on a Sunday morning and you go, I hope this looks like Jesus today, right? And here's the thing. It's possible, right? It's possible to be a church that looks like Jesus. And we talked about that some last week. And I challenged you a little bit to look at Matthew 6, 33. Because here's the deal. If we are first seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we as a church and we as individuals will look like Jesus. That's what you'll see. That's what people will see. When they step in our doors or they see you at work or they are your friend and you're just hanging out at your house, whatever it might be, they look at you and go, wow, they are generous. What's different? And you have an opportunity to say, I want to be like Jesus. Right? I want to be like Jesus. That's where my generosity comes from. It's very, very possible to look like him. Now, on the way in, you got a crayon, right? We're going to color in church. Why not? Okay? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. On the back of your worship guide, okay, you're going to find a little block or a little box. And that box looks very similar to this one right here. Okay, And what I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to be really honest with yourself and I'd love for you to color in where you would put yourself. Okay, And this should be a little easier because we asked you to kind of think through this last week. right? And maybe the Lord revealed you, to you something this week where you're like, oh, maybe I was a little higher or maybe I'm a little lower. But wherever you fall, here's what I want you to do. Okay, I'd love for you to color in each of those areas. So how you share your life Okay, how you invest your resources and how you serve your church. So fill those in to where you feel like you are. So maybe it's not yet, right? So the bottom is like this caveman mentality, like, no, like, no, I'm not doing it, right? It didn't happen, okay? And then the next one is not yet. So, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying, Ray. I might be doing that soon, okay? And then first time, okay, so first time, maybe you've done it once, or maybe you're going to do it today, or whatever it might be, right? And then from there is your sometimes. So that's occasionally, right? Occasionally I open my house for folks to come over. Occasionally I may give to the church. Occasionally I may serve. And then there's often, okay? Often. 
And so, yeah, I share my, I share my life. I open my home, right? I, I serve the church. I do that often, okay? And then whole life would be this place where you could say every area of my life I feel like is generous. I feel like my life is generous. Okay, so you got your spots colored in, all right? Now here's what I'm going to do. Okay, if we think of our illustration here, and we think of it in such a way that this box, if you will, is God's goodness, okay? God's goodness and the things that he wants to pour into our lives, Here's the deal, okay? What we give out, what we are generous with, the Lord will continue to bless. And we're going to talk about more, that more next week, okay? But here's the thing. What limits us is our lowest point of generosity. In other words, you may be whole life sharing your life. Like you open your home all the time. People are there. You're fellowshipping. You're at church on a regular basis. You're in connect groups. All those different things. Like you're connected to the body and the community of the church. Maybe you give occasionally, right? Maybe you give occasionally, or maybe you serve in some capacity. So let's say for sake of our example, okay, that we serve our church often, okay? We serve our church often. So here's what happens, okay? This is the highest point then that our generosity can be. Right? This is the highest point that our generosity can be. And this is the highest point that God himself will put his goodness and his blessings into us. Now here's the thing. Let's say that, okay, in investing our resources, we're maybe at this place of like first time. Okay? A couple weeks ago was the first time that I maybe gave. Look what happens. This now is our highest point of generosity that we can have. Even though I'm sharing my life, whole life, 100%, and I'm occasionally serving within the church, this is the highest point that I can have in my generosity. Because it's limiting what the Lord wants to do in my life. My level of obedience is also showing here, right? I may have 100% obedience in this area. I may have partial obedience in this area, but I may have no obedience in this area. And so what does it do? It limits what the Lord can do in our lives. And so that's why we as a church desire to be whole life generous because ultimately it builds this amazing dam that holds back all of these things. And as we're going to look at next week, we can't outgive God. We can't do it. He will continue to bless and he will continue to pour and to fill. But here's the deal. If you've got a big gaping hole in it, he can't put any in it. That's the limit. That's it. That's why we want to be whole life, right? In the way that we share our life. In the way that we invest our resources. And in the way that we serve our church. We want to increase that. But here's the thing, again, I understand that if you're at this place of right here, you're not going to jump to whole life generosity. Like, that's not, that's not reality. It's not going to happen. But what we're asking you to do today is to take a step, right? To take a step. In other words, if you're at a place of no, step into something, right? Step into something. Because I can, I can tell you from personal experience, look, there is probably something through the course of these past however many minutes that the Lord has got his finger on and he's going, that's your thing. That's your thing. 
that's what you're holding on to. You won't give it up. You won't give it up. And I want you to. Not to take away your fun, not to take away things, but because I want to fill you up. Man, I want to fill you up. Now here's the deal. We can look at that and maybe assess that and go, ooh, ooh. But here's the deal. Again, I think what's most important is the next step, right? Because maybe God has made it clear to us, but he's asking us to take a next step. So if you turn over to Matthew chapter 21, and Jesus here has entered Jerusalem on the week that he will be crucified. And he is teaching, and these religious leaders have pinned him in a corner and have asked him about his authority. What gives you the authority? And he goes through his authority, and he asks them a question back, and they can't answer it. But then he furthers on, and he says this in chapter, or um, excuse me, verse 28. He says, but what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, my son, go work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I don't want to. Now, I don't know about you, but that's me often, right? God comes to me and says, this is what I want you to do. I don't want to. I need you to let that go. I don't want to, right? Invest your resources. I don't want to. (laughs) Share your life. I don't want to. Serve your church. I don't want to. Right? That's his response. I don't want to, but look what happens. He later changed his mind and went. Then the man went to the other and said the same thing. I will, sir, he answered, but he didn't go. Which of the two did his father's will? The first, they said. And Jesus said to them, I assure you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in a way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him, but when you saw it, didn't even change your minds then and believe him, right? You saw it, and maybe you've heard stories of generosity and people giving and the Lord blessing them for that. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you've seen it, but then God is asking you to do it, and you're like, I don't want to. Which one is the one that's obedient? The one that's taking the step. The one that's doing what the Father is asking them to do. That's the one that's being obedient to the Father. So, here's the next questions I have for you. And they're on the back there of your worship guide as well. Alright, here's the first one. What is your next block in? What is your next block in? In other words, we had those three categories, right? Sharing our life, investing our resources, and serving our church. Where is your next block need to go? Where does your next block need to go? And I'll give you you a hint. I'll give you a suggestion. Probably at the lowest point. Begin to build this thing up. Right? So where is he asking you to put the next block? The next one is this. And this is the toughest one maybe to pinpoint, or maybe it's super easy. What discomfort rises when you think about adding this block? Right? What discomfort arises when you think about adding this block and sharing your life and investing your resources or serving your church? And why is adding a block important to your life? 
right? Why is adding a block important to your life? What does that look like? If we were to share our life more in community, well, we're more connected with fellow believers who can spur us on and encourage us. If we're to invest our resources, notice I said invest, not just simply give, but invest our resources because in an investment, you see return, right? You see return on an investment. And we see return in, in one of the greatest ways. We see return in the kingdom, right, of, of people who we are able to bless and minister to. And in doing so, we then can show them the kingdom, investing our resources and then serving our church. We are growing our body and we're working together to make this thing function and to make this thing work in the way that he so desires. And the last one, kind of touched on it. Why is it adding this block important to the life of New City Church? Right? Why is this block important to the life of New City Church? Because imagine if we had a group of folks, I don't know if this is going to work, who were all full to their capacity. Full to their capacity. Man, what would that look like as a church? I can tell you kind of what it would look like. It would look like a church that would make a huge impact for the kingdom. It would be a church that the Lord would go, I see what you're doing in your obedience, and I want to give you more. I want to use you to do something awesome. I want to use you to make an impact for the kingdom. That's what that looks like. And so today, again, asking you just simply to add a block. Add a block. So pinpoint the block and add a block. Where is that area that he's asking you maybe to add a block? What can you do? How can you do it? And next week, again, we're going to see this idea of being generous. That you say, okay, if I'm up here, man, Ray, you're asking me to redline in all of this. You're asking me just to give, give, give. Maybe so. But what we're going to look at next week is this backside it doesn't run dry. It doesn't run empty. In fact, it pours over the top. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are a generous, generous God. Man, you're a generous God that loves us so, so very much. And you do desire the best for us. And so, Lord, I pray that in our hearts we will be obedient to what you're asking us to do. Lord, whether, whatever that thing might be that is holding us back from fully seeing your goodness. Lord, if you're pressing into us now or pressing into us this week, Lord, I pray that we are able to somewhat open our hand up. If it is tight-fisted, Lord, that we would open it up. Lord, that we would be willing to connect with others, share our lives with others, that we would be willing to invest our resources, and that we would be willing to serve our church. And Lord, in that, you will fill us. Lord, you will increase the goodness that you have for us. You will work in our lives, and we thank you for it. Lord, may we be an extremely generous church. Lord, may we each be filled in such a way that you so desire to use us to impact the kingdom. Lord, we thank you that you so desire to use us 
to do your work and to do your ministry and to bless others. So, Lord, may we be a blessing to others this week as we go. Father, I thank you for the folks that are here today. Lord, I thank you for your word and the truth that it brings. And, Lord, I pray that as our grips are tight, that you will loosen them today, that you will open them up so that we can be a generous church. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we give everything that we have to you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do over the next few minutes. Chad and Amanda are going to sing this awesome song. And as they're singing through it, we're just going to ask you to just look over those questions that were there at the end. Just ponder those for a little bit. Because I know that we get into our week. Week gets crazy. Week gets busy, right? And we may not ever go back to those questions. And so we just want to give you a little bit of time this morning to do that, just to ponder those questions and to think over those and how that could grow, how that could impact, and what step you could take, what block you could add, right, that would increase that.